0: Hello and welcome to the Bharatwarta podcast. I'm Roshan India's public infrastructure has made tremendous strides over the last seven, eight years. And to discuss all of the developments on that front, particularly on bridges, we have Vaibhav Dangeji on the podcast today. Vaibhavji is an experienced management professional and has a career spanning over 25 years. He was a private secretary to the Honorable Minister of Road Transport and Highways, Nitin Gadkariji. And was also very closely associated with all of the development works related to national highways. During his time, uh, during his tenure there, he also got involved in the Indian Bridge Management System. And his deep knowledge and insight resulted in many innovations on that front. Vibhavji has a new book out called "Building Bridges: Shaping the Future," which speaks about how IBMS came to be. We have lots to discuss on the podcast today, so let's get started. Vibhavji, welcome to Bharatwarta. Thank you so much again for making the time.
1: Thank you, Roshan. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to
0: you. Great to have you on the podcast, uh, Vaibhavji. And like I said, you know, there is uh, so much to cover because so much has happened uh, on the public infrastructure side over the last seven, eight years. Maybe to begin things, let's uh, talk about bridges itself. There are about 150,000 recognized bridge structures in India. What can you tell us about the rich heritages of bridges in India? How are they built and also the related infrastructure?
1: As you know, bridges are... uh there are structures which bridge the gap between between two two destinations so that's why they are called bridges they they, they bridge the gap uh, in fact to make any infrastructure particularly the road infrastructure work 365 days i think bridges are something which are very critical component to for example you crossing rivers valleys uh, small water bodies uh, flyovers in the urban centers or or anything So bridges play a very critical, important component in ensuring that our infrastructure is workable 365 days in spite of weather, in spite of floods, everything. So I think that plays a very critical uh, role in ensuring our infrastructure works well. And traditionally also bridges, in fact, the the most recognized ancient bridge structure in in the world is the Ram Setu, which was built by Bhagwan Ramachandra to cross the You know, see and cross over to Sri Lanka where he fought the entire uh, Yuddha with Ravana, and you know, so that's the first recognized setu, and in a way. The Vanarsena, where the engineers first recognized engineers to build that setu. And it is, it is recognized structure in the world, the first recognized structure in the world. So it has its own importance uh, as, as we have seen in our ancient uh, experiences, history. So of course, bridges play, play a very important role. And in today's modern era, for example, you go to any city, any major urban center globally, these bridges also defines the urban landscape of those cities. For example, you go to San Francisco, and Golden Gate is something yeah. which everybody recognizes. You go to New York, and Brooklyn Bridge everybody recognizes. You go to London, London Bridge, everybody uh, you know recognizes. You go to Mumbai, and Mumbai Sea Link, everybody recognizes. So you know there are so many such uh, structures which are known, famous, or makes the kind of a mark for that city uh, or a landscape of that city. So I think they play a very important role, both from the traditional perspective and today's modern landscaping perspective. So yes, they are very important. And as you rightly said, this uh, through this Indian bridge management system, we were able to identify total more than 172,000 now bridges and small and big structures on the national highway. So I think, yes, it has, it has helped uh, in in, re, in in a modern digitalized format, organize those entire database. And, help people utilize these better. Uh, Bridges are also related with a lot of accidents. We have seen so many accidents globally happening on bridges. We have seen so many bridge accidents happening globally. Even in India, we have seen such accidents happening. Uh, Daman Ganga was a major uh, bridge collapse in 2003. In recent years, in 2016, there was a Savitri bridge collapse on Mumbai-Goa highway where the entire bus was washed away and more than 50 people died. So I think that's also one of the major cause of uh, accidents in our our country or globally. And we must learn from those uh, experiences and ensure that our infrastructures, our bridges are are better maintained uh, and better uh, their health is monitored regularly so that we ensure that accidents and loss of lives happen. So Indian bridge management system helps in doing that. It goes back to the to the engineers, uh, time and again, that which bridge needs maintenance, what kind of maintenance, structural maintenance, whether that needs overall, whether that bridge needs to be replaced. In fact, in, even today, uh, in so many places in our country, British government has been sending letters saying that this bridge needs to be replaced, this bridge needs a major maintenance. Even today, a lot of our, our engineers experience that the British government, well documented bridges and structures were that were built in British era and sending those to, to, to our people and suggesting them that this bridge needs some, some kind of maintenance or a major maintenance or it has lived its life and things like that. So why can't we using modern technology do it good for our own country? So I think that is the uh, that was the idea why Indian bridge management system was adopted and hopefully it will serve that purpose.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we tend to underestimate the significance of bridges. our daily lives because we kind of take it for granted they can completely transform people's lives right i mean uh, i was in shivsagar for example in assam uh, just about two three months back and there's a bridge there that was built about 400 500 years back and it's a sort of a landmark in the uh, in the city and the town itself people kind of revere that kind of uh, structure right so let's talk about the book that you've just written what inspired you to write the book and what was the journey like you know putting the book together Uh, as i was telling you about why bridges and what what be done in the bridges i'll share you two
1: examples two two incidences once a minister was participating in one logistics conference one of the you know participants after the uh, minister speech uh, There were question answer session and one of the participants was Bell uh, CMD, Bharat Heavy Electricals Limited CMD. And he said that, uh, uh, sir, can I ask you one question? And he said, sir, you talk about logistic cost and making Indian businesses competitive and bringing down the logistics cost and ensuring faster uh, connectivity and taking goods to the ports and export, import, bringing speed in that. And he said, sir, your ministry uh, doesn't allow us to carry my heavy engineering material which I manufacture, it takes almost similar time for me from my factory to setting up at the site. The transportation takes similar time as it takes in the manufacturing. And we were surprised to know that. So minister said, I'm sorry, I didn't know this. I'll go and find out and we'll try to improve how we can do it better. So we went back and uh, we started finding out what was the reason. We came to know that there was a process in our ministry where for carrying these uh, heavy engineering materials like the power plants and other heavy material, They are called over-dimension and overweight cargos, OWC and ODC. So these cargo normally trailers are also of a huge size, very over-dimensional, you know, 100 wheels, 200 wheels and things like that. So to carry those uh, goods on the bridges and our national highways, the the responsibility was the transporter to go and do the conditional survey of the bridge, verify whether the bridge is capable of carrying that load and then allow somebody to use it. When we started finding out, uh, we thought it's, it's not right. Minister said it is, it is the responsibility of the serving agency to provide those facilities. So we decided to you know ensure that we make it online. Entire process was made online. Permissions was made online. So when we said we must do our own conditional survey of bridges, we came to know that we didn't know how many bridges are there on our national highways. We didn't knew numbers. We didn't have any database. From there, the whole Indian bridge management system started coming into effect. So then we thought, what's happening globally? What is the practices globally? Let's find out. So we went to you know, study global practices. And based on that, we created an Indian bridge management system where this management system has the entire database of structures on national highway that are put together. Uh, the, it is the, all the bridges are geotagged. All the bridges information is along with its design, structural information, geological information, geographical information, its socioeconomic importance. Videos, pictures, everything is put together on that database and then database helps manage those bridges better in terms of suggesting when the, uh, you know, uh, maintenance is required, whether it is major maintenance required, minor maintenance required and things like that. So I think with those things putting together. This inter- Today, it is world's biggest database of structures, which is available online and engineers can use it, update it, reuse it, you know, uh, things like that. So we thought it's a good information to be shared with, you know, budding engineers, budding officers, or even people who want to join politics and become political leaders for them to know that with their interventions, because the same engineers did it, which were there in the ministry, Indian people did it. So we we thought it's a right story to be shared with everybody. So we tried to narrate it in a very simple, uh, readable format, like a novel, like a story and kind of give that confidence and positivity to people that if we uh, uh, think positively and with the larger interest, we can bring in a lot of small changes that can be helpful for the nations. You know, everybody is not supposed to change the, you know, uh, uh, but every small intervention. Every small nut bolt in the machinery plays a very important role to ensure that the machinery works. So whether it is high tech machinery or whether it is a simple mechanical machinery. So I think that message we wanted to give that everybody of us can contribute and make sure that our, we are a better place to live with. We are a better place to manage.
0: Absolutely. So uh, how are people using the IBMS uh, currently? Uh, so you mentioned it's accessible to the public, right? So. Ah.
1: More than the public, the accessibility is to the users in terms of engineers, policymakers, state government engineers, highway operators, highway maintenance engineers, because that is primarily for them to monitor and manage the bridges. So, uh, as I said, this, we we envisage this, this India bridge management in years to come will also upgrade itself by using, you know, AI techniques and machine learning techniques. Now there are sensors available, which gives database directly to the uh, platform 365 days. You can put sensors on bridges and it can convey the message of whether earthquakes, whether heavy loading, whether it cracks, whether it is water seepage, you know, you know, all kinds of information is feeded back to the system. And then system can alert well in time in terms of any challenges, any repair, maintenance, over all major maintenance you know for example uh, today you cross any of the major bridge in the city you will face a bump on every kind of uh, attachment. Those small, small learnings will help us improve all those processes in the uh, infrastructure.
0: Yeah, it seems like it will completely transform maintenance and management uh, because currently, I mean, there is no expiry date also, if I understand correctly, for bridges and so on, right? Correct. Uh, Correct. So what are some of the global benchmarks that, uh, you know, we have aspired to, you know, incorporate uh, within the IBMS itself?
1: Yeah, as I said, when we we started, thought that we need to build this database. We found out that there is a ritual every five years that our ministry collects this data, creates lo- a lot of records, and then it's put on the some files in the books forms or somebody. It is never utilized. It's not even a usable format. So we decided that we need to do it in a better way. So entire data was collected by the survey engineers also on the, you know, tabs or iPads. They were physically going there, collecting the data, updating the data and that data was uploaded straight away from that same place to the master cloud server. This was the first digitalized bridge management database even before probably US did it. So I think we thought we will do best in the world. So we benchmark in that context in terms of information available uh, machine learnings that can be used we use drones for example in collecting the data there is a specific me- uh, mechanism that is used called MBIU mobile bridge inspection unit it's a simple inspection vehicle you might have seen a, a kind of a arm going up on a street for a street light maintenance it's a similar kind of arm but it has a flexibility and it goes its vehicle mountain and it goes below the bridge and you know inspects the bridge you know those kind of machineries were brought in uh, developed in india over a period and we thought that we will use all necessary machinery for example i remember i went to a place in italy where they are using sensors they are like optical fibers put on the bridges and tunnels and the database is available on your mobile app the information is available on your mobile app about the sensitivity of the structure if any heavy overloading loading is transported on the bridge or any shaking uh, you know shaking of the bridge happened because of the earthquake any gaps created any cracks develop any you know erosion happen All those information is being shared. For example, to do the underwater inspections, uh, institutes like IIT Chennai has developed some underwater robotics. Those were utilized. So all possible modern technologies, equipment, apparatus were used. The the minister has been regularly saying in the whole process that we have to be, you know, best in the world, if not better.
0: That's wonderful to hear. How do you see this uh, going forward? I mean, you know, what are some of the innovations that will happen maybe 5-10 years down the line?
1: As I said, uh, uh, we envisage that with the effective use of AI and machine learnings, we'll be, and, and with these new variety of sens- sensors, health monitoring systems available, we'll be able to probably target to bring down our bridge losses to zero. I think that's the larger target. So whether it is using AI, whether it is using drones or whether it is using any kind of you know uh, health man- monitoring systems for the structure, more important is the larger goal should be that 10 years down the line, we'll have zero accidents on our bridges. I think that is something which is the benchmark which we envisage as the bigger benchmark or a larger benchmark that we should be able to achieve. And similarly, we should be able to reduce our maintenance of our bridges. For example, when small intervention we did in planning of all the national highways, we said that the bridge will be two lanes bigger than the highway. Because structures you can't build again and again. You can't you know, add on. Uh, expanding the structures. Highways you can always expand. So, you know, those kind of similar interventions ensures that our life of the our structures are longer. For example, new methods, uh, new materials are being tried. Instead of, for example, steel bars, uh, steel fi- fiber bar are being tried. In the coastal area where a lot of erosion happens, stainless steel bars are being tried uh, to reduce the weight of the superstructures on the uh, flyovers and viaducts in the urban systems. We are we have brought in a technology from Malaysia where instead of steel bars, steel fiber is being used and a very high grade concrete is being used. So, it ensures the weight of the superstructure goes down drastically. The span of the, uh, you know, uh, girder increases from 20 meter to almost 100 meter, which reduces again the cost and the Availability of better designs in the infrastructure. So, all this put together, because as I said, our bridges are our long term modern urban landscapes. For example, we are building a bridge in Bet Dwarka, which will look like a Murli, Basuri of uh, Bhagwan Krishna. Now, that is going to be a structure that people will like to go and see. That mm-hmm. will become a kind of an urban landmark. Or a bridge is being built in uh, Goa on a Zuari uh, river, which, will, which is a two pillar cable state bridge, eight lane bridge. And an observatory is being planned at 120 meters. So people can go on the observatory with a lift and see the entire Goa from the top. So for example, today we go to Burj to, you know and pay hundreds of dollars to experience those. So I think these will be new urban landmarks in our country. And we we'll, We must create, somebody created, for example, uh, huge urban structure, uh, huge structures like temples, you know, traditionally, historically. Today, we go and visit those uh, cultural centers or architectural uh, marvels. So, it is our responsibility to build similar marvels for another 100 years, 200 years, 1000 years probably. So, I think that's the idea.
0: Yeah, very wonderfully uh, put. So let's shift our uh, focus to public infrastructure. You were the private secretary to the Honorable Minister of Road Transport and uh, and Highways, uh, Nitin Gadkariji. And we know him to be extremely dynamic person. Uh, he has, uh, you know, very good hold on the minute details on every project that he talks about. Uh, we've seen that in, you know, many different speeches and videos and so on and so forth. What was it like working with uh, Gadkariji? It was an opportunity of a
1: lifetime to work with a A leader of that stature, that experience, that passion. In simple terms, defining him is is very difficult because at one point of time, he talks about modern technology, he has a very direct ear to the ground. So I think the major difference in the work culture, which he brought in was first the passion to the positivity of uh, you go to him with any problem, you will start hearing the solution, you know, multiple solutions from him before you actually start completely telling him the problem. So I think that's positivity that he always brings. He's a solution oriented person. Similarly, he brought in a lot of fast-track decision-making process in the entire ministry, a lot of transparency in the ministry, a lot of delegation of authority in the ministry. Whatever modern management principles that we talk about, we actually experience him living it day in and day out in terms of delegating the authority, in terms of ensuring that there is an eye to the smallest problem, ensuring that the innovative uh, solutions are brought in either by using technology, so be proactive in terms of adopting modern technologies. Be proactive in adopting solutions. I have never seen him saying that because I have said something. I don't want to regret that it was wrong. I have seen him talking to a very smallest engineer saying that your suggestion is very good. I thought it otherwise, and I was wrong. You were proven right. So you know that kind of uh, you know approach to looking at things from a very neutral perspective. Uh, irrespective of who's telling it and who is giving the solution or any kind of you know similar things. So I think with that uh, things put in together, fast tracking of decision-making, bringing in a lot of transpiration, he brought in a lot of coordination, cooperation and communication among the different departments within the government. For example, there was a inter-ministerial group form to resolve the inter issues. For example, getting the approval for building a railway over bridge, it used to take 7 years, 10 years, 3 years, endless uh, efforts. And now the whole process is online. Now this designs are standard. So if you, highway is building a standard bridge over the railway over bridge, no special permissions are required. It's perfectly online system which approves a, gives a deem approval. Or for example, environment clearances, wildlife clearances, land acquisition. I have seen him so many times talking to a small district collector to ensure that the land is made available. So I think the whole effort of, uh, uh, you know, follow uh, passion, you know, innovative way of financing the infrastructure, for example, he brought in a lot of new ideas in uh, in ensuring that a lot of finances avla- are available for these ambitious, you know, infrastructure targets, which he brought in. And that is the reason why in 2014, we were building around 11 kilometers of highways per day. Today we are building almost 38 kilometers of highways per day. And he, you know, to target, He has put up a target of 50 kilometers a day. So I think this all was possible because of a tremendous amount of passion and hard work which was put in by everybody. And he started recognizing the good work as well. For example, the awards were started for the ministry and authority engineers for a good work they put in. For example, awards were given to the good contractors for better designs, better completion. completion fast completion of highway was incentivize contractors are given bonus if they save, save every single day of construction and they are penalized if they cross the every single day of the uh, target so i think those kind of efforts these are all managed all modern management principles we probably uh, talk about but that he, he lived practically during the last 7-8 years in the, in the ministry. And he always attributes that, that these all our learning principles which I have learned through my social learning, social work. So I think the larger goal he always keeps in mind that our responsibility is to ensure that there is a socioeconomic economic change that is brought in because people have given us this opportunity to serve them. And if we fail today, then we will fail to our our responsibility. So I think that is which drives uh, change.
0: So when we think about public infrastructure projects, we often think that, you know, many different players are involved, many different teams and ministries and so on and so forth. And oftentimes, You know, getting people out of the way is a huge problem, unblocking, uh, you know, these uh, uh, roadblocks and problems and uh, things to that effect, right? So on that front, how does the ministry function in terms of making sure that everyone functions in their own uh, way? There, There is cooperation, as you mentioned, but also people can function independently without any blockers as such.
1: As I said, he had an eye to a detail, but he was equally quite liberal in delegating authority. For example, he brought in a system where project directors were given a lot of authority in terms of changes to be done, you know, in terms of approvals to be done, uh, regional offices. Every officer was given authority. For example, today, National Highway Authority can approve thousand crore rupees of project at their own board meeting without going to even to the ministry. And none of the other ministries can do so. So I think the whole effort was 22 decisions were taken by cabinet to ensure the entire infrastructure process is simplified. Uh, So common problems were identified and a policy decision was taken and a lot of authority was given to, to the officers. So I think delegation of authority has been a key and empowering people in taking that decision. For example, I have seen him saying in so many meetings, if you make a bona fide mistake, it is who I will stand by you. I'll take the responsibility. But if you make a malafide mistake, it is the, I will be the first one to sack you. You know, that kind of uh, uh, putting, empowering people by giving that kind of confidence and standing by people. So for example, wherever there are bona fide mistakes happened, he has stood by the officers, engineers, saying then, no, as a head of the organization, I'll take the responsibility. For example, after Savitri Beach collapse, he went to the site and said, I feel it is my responsibility I feel myself guilty that we were not able to ensure a better uh, maintenance of the uh, bridge and he said that I promised to you that we will deliver this bridge in six months and the bridge was delivered in 165 days, you know, because engineers also felt if he is taking the responsibility, we must also deliver on that front. Similarly, I think the, there is another point which played a very important uh, a role is he in a way impart people in taking decisions. I think he has been saying to people, if you don't take decision, I will be the first person to act on, on you. Even if you want to say no, say it immediately. Don't keep things pending. So he, he kind of encouraged people to take decisions. So I think that is the big, because you see what, what is bureaucracy or why do we uh, blame government systems? A government system is a system where people don't want to take the decisions because then that will bring in a lot of responsibility. There's no incentive to
0: take decisions. Basically. Take decisions.
1: And I think in a, in a larger sense, if we are able to encourage people and empower people to take decisions. You will, you may fail sometime. No changes have come without failing. But I think taking the right decisions, taking decisions is the primary uh, mover to ensure that we change what is not
0: acceptable. So public infrastructure is one of the key enablers of socio-economic progress. Uh, but it's also a very complex problem to solve given the the size of uh, 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 India itself, right? How do you see the future of public infrastructure in India evolving? What are some of the challenges that we should address?
1: No, as you rightly said,
0: uh, we have been lacking
1: on our infrastructure and infrastructure does not only means that we ensure we have a better roads or better railway services. From the larger perspective, how do we ensure that our movements of goods and people is more efficient, is more cost effective, is the fastest? Because for example, the... Global logistics average global logistics cost is around 10 percent, whereas in 2014, our logistics cost was almost 18 percent. So, how do we ensure that our artisans or our small manufacturers or our large companies or agri produce can be competitive in global market unless we bring that logistics cost down? So, I think the PM Gati Shakti Yojana, which Honorable Prime Minister in, in Visage, is primarily looking at creating that multi model approach in the whole For example, how do what is smart uh, transporting wherever you can move goods fastest and most efficient and most cost-effective manner. If it is highway, use highway. If it is railway, use railways. If it is waterways, use waterways. And there should be interchangeability uh, on all modes. So whether it is creating multimodal logistics, parks around the highways, ensuring, for example, Bharat Mala, the very ambitious highway development program has in- envisaged that around 100, 200 Uh, urban centers, the bypasses or or ring roads have been provided to decongest those cities. Around more than 90 economic corridors have been identified to ensure that the movement there is much faster. 12 major major ports and 120 minor ports are being connected with highways to ensure that there is a faster evacuation of goods, both coming to India and going out of India. You know, all this put together will bring in a lot of efficiency in terms of movement of whether it is goods or people. And while doing this, We are also ensuring that we we reach to the remotest village, remotest places in the village. For example, every district headquarter today is connected with the highway. All aspirational districts, in a way the backward districts are being connected to the the highways. Every religious place, every tourist place is being connected to the highways. To ensure this connectivity opens up a lot of opportunities for the people. A lot of opportunities for the government to ensure that services are are provided to the you know, remotest person living in our country. For example, health services, education, ensuring food services, supplies of you know, goods. For example, vaccination today. We were able to provide vaccination to 150 billion because we were able to reach out to them by better access. So I think all this put together, uh, we need another 7-10 years of big push to the infrastructure. Then only an infrastructure expansion will also ensure that there, there is a two, three percent additional GDP added to uh, you know, country's economy. So I think in total, if we are able to focus on our infrastructure and ensure that this multimodal approach is, is the focus remains for another seven to ten years. Our infrastructure will be globally competitive to or comparable to anywhere in the world.
0: And if that this is the kind of work that has happened with two years of COVID, then one can only imagine, you know, uh, out of COVID, uh, how much more can happen. Yeah. So this is a very positive note to end the podcast on Vaibhavji. Thank you again for being on Bharatvarta and also uh, sharing all of your insights. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Roshan. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bharatvarta podcast. If you want to see more content like this, then don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We started Bharatwarta to facilitate long-form discussions on politics, policy, and culture. We don't necessarily endorse anything that was said in this episode. If you wish to offer us feedback, do reach out to us on social media. We are at Bharatvartha on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You could also get in touch with us on our website, www.bharatvarta.in. The links are in the description below. Until next time, stay safe, take care and